0: Hey Faith Church, I'm Claire Kingsley, and it's go time. This is a special podcast series for our Global Outreach Conference. Over the next two weeks, we will release five different podcasts. The purpose of these podcasts are to introduce our missionaries to you and for them to tell you a few stories about their time in missions. Hopefully these stories are an encouragement to you and prompt you to praise God for the work that he's doing in and through our missionaries around the world. We'd also encourage you to prayerfully consider joining their support team. In the podcast, we ask our missionaries to share with us some of their needs, whether financial, prayer needs, or encouragement. We'd like you to take the time during the podcast or after to respond in prayer and ask God how He could be calling you to join their team. On today's episode, I'm interviewing Joe and Kim Clough, They've been a part of our missions family for 13 years. Joe has served in Kenya for the last 24 years, and as a couple, they've been there together for the last 13. They are recently back in the U.S. on furlough. You may have seen them around at church or at other kids' programs, and we're glad to have them with us. I hope that you enjoy listening to my interview with the Clefs. Joe and Kim, we're so glad to have you guys with us.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Good to be here. It feels so good to be back for a little bit.
1: Yes, it does. Yes, it does. It was um, an interesting journey to get here
0: i'm sure it wasn't probably the furlough was planned but everything was surrounding it not planned
2: yeah correct that is so true
0: so when you guys think about furlough and you look forward to it um what's that thing that you think of like oh i just can't wait to have a chick-fil-a sandwich or i can't meet wait to meet with this person in person you know what is it that you're looking forward to
1: It varies. I mean, I remember one furlough, I was coming back on furlough, and more than anything, I wanted a chocolate malt. (laughs) Um, I'm not really a big fan of chocolate malts, but man, I wanted one then. So this time, um, the big big three categories that always hit me when I come back is I want to say hey to family, I want to drive on good roads, and I just want to do some retail therapy, you know, just kind of go out and wander around shopping. So we get back, and I can't greet my family, and we're we go right into a fourteen day quarantine, yeah and so it was it was it was not fun, yeah,
2: <laughs> but we have had a lot of good things yeah. we've i mean now we've had the chance to see our families, we've had the chance yeah. to eat chick-fil-a Donato's pizza is one for me, mm-hmm. um, and good mexican food yeah. there's no Mexican food in kenya mm-hmm. so yeah that's food wise and then as joe said you know just kind of some of the underlying stressors of governments and nice roads and things like that you just kind of like oh, i can exhale because breathe a little those are <laughs> behind us
0: yes and what about your kids what are they looking forward to when they come back home and i shouldn't even call it you would say kenya is your home so i shouldn't call this
2: home i'm not sure <laughs> you have two homes yeah yeah, well, the I mean, the longer that we're in Kenya with kids, I mean, it does become more and more home because that's where their life is and mm-hmm. that's where they're growing up. Um, I mean, for them, a lot of it is family and being mm-hmm. able to see cousins mm-hmm. and grandparents and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's kind of more the fun foods like Cheetos and <laughs> chips and salsa and, you know, things that, you know, you just don't get in Kenya. Mm-hmm. Good. We're we're glad to have you
0: guys back and to see you and to host you this year for Go Time, which is different than we all expected. But I hopefully um, it is something that's an encouragement to you and your ministry. So, um, Joe and Kim, for people who have not heard about your life in ministry maybe a listener who, like me, doesn't know you very well or doesn't know about your team and what you do regularly, can you give us an idea of how this all began and um, how did God prompt you to pursue vocational ministry in the first place?
2: Yeah. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about how God prompted and led me into ministry. Joe just did his faith story, and a good portion of that was about how he came into ministry um, for people who want to listen or have listened to that. Um, But I really had no thought about vocational ministry throughout my college career. Um, But one day, one of my friends wanted me to go to Campus House. I went to Purdue University and they wanted me to go to Campus House because they heard that a missions recruiter was coming to talk about summer internships. And she couldn't go. And she said, Can you just go and pick up some information? I didn't go to campus house that often, but um, I thought, Sure, why not? You know, it'll be something to do. I'm free that night. And when I listened to him, I thought, You know, I've not really thought much about other countries, about um, the needs that people have in other places. And so I picked up some material for both her and myself and ended up applying. And she didn't, which is kind of an ironic part of the whole story. Um, but through that, I was accepted into a summer internship and went to Thailand, which was my first experience overseas. And I think God just kind of hooked me towards cross-cultural ministries. It was something that he showed me that I was kind of designed for, living in another culture and being adaptable, being flexible, uh, loving to learn about new cultures and loving to... Um, just really be able to see how other people experience God.
3: Mm -hmm. And
2: from that experience, uh, it was a little while because that was my university days until I actually went into full-time ministry. Uh, I actually worked for our organization, CMF, in their home office for a number of years. And that's where I met Joe. We say we have a bit of an arranged marriage. and. I was in the midst of looking to go to a completely different country, actually. So that's the
1: part right there. I love you. <laughs>
2: uh, I was actually in the midst of looking to serve in another country um, when God brought us together and ended up getting married in two thousand and eight. and she
1: completes me
2: <laughs> in two thousand and seven. We got married in two thousand and
0: seven. we did. Did your ministry change, Joe? At that point, what you were doing before and after?
1: It had a lot more joy afterward. <laughs> <That's laughs> no, actually, um, it was it was interesting. A couple of things. Um, one was I had a good friend of mine who, when I went on furlough and we got together, I came back from furlough before we married, but we were still dating. And I was so I was back in Kenya, and my friend and I were chatting, and I said, "Yeah, you know, I I met this woman and." And he said oh really and and i said well yeah and he said well that's good but i had also arranged for someone for you to marry that's here and i said well that's great you're a true friend and then another story um we had uh in maasai culture they within deep within the culture uh, of course being a traditional culture they place a high value on families you are not fully an adult, male or female, until you have children. Hmm. So uh, within their culture, they have this, um, this uh, marker that they call being one of the nine, and it's a curse that if you're one of the nine people in your age group who never marries, um, you, know, you go to your deathbed with no progeny, no one following you. Hmm. So I told some of my Maasai friends when I came back from this furlough and and she and I were dating, I said, you know, uh, I met a woman and I I think we're going to get married. And they said, oh, praise God, we were so afraid you were one of the nine. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) So now I get to be a fully-fledged adult and have children. (laughs) So she completes me.
0: That's wonderful. That's great. So sorry, Kim, I kind of inter- interrupted your story there by asking Joe how his ministry changed. But no. at that point, you just met and continue yeah. your,
2: yeah. Um, well, I mean, if, when a little bit of our history, you know, we admit and I was planning to go a separate way. And we actually didn't date very long in the States before um, Joe had to go back to Kenya. It was only a few weeks and so we did a lot of our courtship long distance, um, yeah. but God was good and He was faithful, and I think that He confirmed in both of us that you know this was His plan for us, for us to be together, and for us to minister together. And so we got married in 2007 and went to Kenya together in 2008. Okay, um, great. Yeah. That's wonderful. So now that you guys are fully-fledged adults
0: and you have (laughs) children, can you introduce your family to us, your kids to the
2: listeners? Sure. Um, We have two kids. Our oldest is Sophia, and she's 10. She's in fifth grade, and our um, son is Theo. He's eight and in third grade, and they actually are attending Nora Elementary virtually right right now, of course, but... um, They have really enjoyed that and really enjoyed getting into school and a little bit of normalcy. Um, Yeah, they both have been on the swim team. They love to swim. And Sophia is a very outgoing person. I mean, once we're back to more in-person things, I think everybody will know who she is because she loves people. Mm -hmm. Um, Theo is kind of more our introverted, loves building and thinking and creating, um, but isn't as outgoing as Sophia is. But They're both amazing kids. Awesome, thank
0: you for doing that. So you've mentioned CMF, could you tell us what that stands for and what your ministry is all about?
2: Sure, our sending organization is CMF, which is Christian Missionary Fellowship. Uh, They, as I said, are based here in Castleton, in Indianapolis, and I did work for them for a few years, Um, but they work in 25 different countries. It's a smaller organization, and their goal is in creating dynamic, Christ-centered communities throughout the world, and they do that through various means. Uh, For Joe and I, we work mostly with traditional church planting and also disciple-making movements, um, connecting people to the Bible and to Christ and growing through the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives, and then coming together in communities to be able to continue doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, This, throughout the years, as CMF has been in Kenya, they've planted a number of churches which have been registered in Kenya as community Christian church. And they're mostly in disadvantaged places in rural areas or in larger cities and more slum areas. Um, And they have grown over the years to be
1: about 300, about
2: 300 in number of churches. Um, so we partner with them in Kenya. That's our main ministry partner. Okay. Um, another partner that we have this past year, actually I was able to start teaching again. Teaching is my background before all of this happened. That's actually what my degree was when I was at Purdue, was in biology and chemistry education. Okay. And so I went back to teaching this past year at West Nairobi School, where the kids attend. They are a Christian school. Um, they're part of the network of international Christian schools, and they, their goal is to uh, teach truth, to train minds, and to impact the kingdom. And so I've been able to have them as a ministry partner as well these past few years. So Kim, in addition to your teaching, and
0: Joe, I want you to also answer this question separately, how you guys, um, give us an idea of how you work together as a team. Your whole family, the four of you, are on mission and in ministry together. And so how are you um, teaming up and taking on different parts of aspects of your ministry? What one person does complements the other. What does that look like for you two?
2: Yeah, um, I think that, you know, for us, we've talked about um, calling being a combination of opportunity, desire, and giftings and abilities. Um, And so, you know, for both of us, we have a strong desire to see Christ glorified and to see people connected to the Holy Spirit and to come to know him. Um, But for each of us, the opportunities that we've had in each stage of ministry have been a little bit different. When we were first there, we were both involved in teaching and training different leaders. But then as we had kids, I was at home more and my abilities more in administrative things came to bear. I was able to do our finances, to write newsletters, to help our family in that way, to care for our family so that Joe could travel and do some of his ministry. Um, And in these latter years, as the kids have gotten older, I've had the opportunity to be a co-team leader for our team, to help in administrative things for our team as a whole, um, because we are a part of a bigger team in Kenya. Mm -hmm. And uh, then also to be able to care for our family and give Joe more opportunity to travel up country to different places throughout Kenya and reaching pockets where the gospel is in great need. and then also in teaching, as we've already said, we've already mentioned. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, and that really, um, it works well in our family and it's a tremendous blessing to me because uh, I could do those administrative details but they end up being a burden to me because it's not really my gifting nearly as much as it is hers. And so as a result, I'm much more free to do what I do best and Lord willing, she's free to do uh, what she does best as we both seek to expand the kingdom mm-hmm. um, you know both giftings are necessary and that's one thing that we see beautifully displayed in a lot of the scripture in the new testament where when they talk about gifting I mean the, the gift of administration is right there in the list you know if you don't have it you're going to be a mess pretty quickly so i thank god for her and for that
0: mm-hmm. so joe you do a lot of travel then as a part of your your you know, day-to-day, year-to-year ministry schedule?
1: Yeah, uh, what I try to do is get out uh, roughly two times a month uh, to do trainings and follow up with various uh, leaders and various uh, disciple makers. Uh, and then the rest of the time when I come back, I'm involved more in prayer and planning and the following up by phone mm-hmm. and, and uh, social media if need be. Messaging, and so that way, um, it's a process of going out, coming back, going out, coming back, which is what we really do with the people that we train. As we train them and quit them, send them out, bring them back, debrief, send them out again, and that's how uh, we see that the the harvest come in.
0: Mm-hmm. Great. So before you guys left or even since you've left, what has God been recently doing in your ministry? And could you share a story or two or three that would be an encouragement, um, things that you've since you prayed about and now have praised God for now that you've seen happen or these amazing things that God has done that we can also rejoice with you guys in?
1: Yeah, we uh, one that I shared in a newsletter about six months ago uh, was that we had I had been training and equipping uh, one young man uh, who lived about seven hours from Nairobi, and uh, as well as the team of other people in his area, and so we were uh, uh, we did the training. He was there. Everything was great. I went back to Nairobi. Then I started making up the making the follow up calls. Shortly thereafter. And so I was talking with uh, uh, one of the men that works with this young man, we'll call him George. And I said, so how's George doing? And they said, he's doing great. And I said, okay, well, will he be at the next training that we're doing in two weeks? And, and my contact said, uh, no. And I said, why is that? And he said, well, he's in Dubai. And I said, really? And because, and this is, we're talking about people who live in the middle of nowhere, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, now this young man is, he's very capable, but he had been working trying to get a, uh, a visa to go to Dubai and work in the hospitality industry there. And that would allow him to send money back to support his family. So he succeeded and he was gone. So then I talked to my contact and I said, "Well, give me give me his contact in Dubai. How do we reach him?" So uh, I was able to contact him. And we were able to message uh, with each other and even make a couple of phone calls. And uh, he starts sending me pictures of what he's been doing. And he's you know he said, "Okay, here we are. This is a a Bible study that I'm a part of in this church, made up of different." Uh, internationals there working in Dubai, and here I am teaching them how, what you taught us, Joe. And here we are going out door to door to do evangelism in Dubai, and so I'm sitting there going, "This is fantastic, you know. This is this is what you dream of." But I never ever would have imagined that it would jump to Dubai. Yes. I was thinking, "Oh, it's going to jump maybe to the next village or the next county, something like that," but not five hour flight away. And so it just, it just really showed me that this is how God works and it's, he's in control. And so we, we shouldn't doubt him or we, we shouldn't assume that he's limited. Mm -hmm. That's it's, I was, um, I was just really blessed to be able to be with him for a short while and then also kind of hand him off to some other uh, disciple makers who were already in Dubai so that he could continue his training.
0: Yes. Wow. That's wonderful thank you for sharing
1: there's also one story that i think i would like to tell because it involves um, faith and our last furlough Um, and maybe it might be apropos for people as they're they're uh, going through this difficult COVID season uh when we returned to our previous furlough which would have been june july 2015 to june 2016. um, i came back here i was pretty beat up and those on um, the the mission team here uh, know about that as we've met with them they they really blessed us and prayed over us as did many others but the term prior to that was a rough one uh, for our team we had several Uh, team conflict situations, one of which I was particularly involved in, and also during that um, term leading up to the 2015 furlough, uh, we had largely achieved what I had hoped to achieve in that season of my ministry. Uh, My goal at that point was to establish a church, a Kenyan church that had its ability uh, to take care of its own needs and promulgate the gospel as it will. Um, and we succeeded. Um, I knew when I returned here to Indy um, that if I left the field, that church would continue. That, when, I mean, when I mean church, I should say denomination. Mm-hmm. So after all that um, rough term, but yet successful term, uh, I was wondering, do I even continue this? Uh, do I just, you know, move back to the States? Kim could be employed as a school teacher. I could be a greeter at Walmart and we would just, you know, continue life. Um, I also was, we were also looking at at that point in time about $3,000 a month to raise to go back.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So I was just tired. Well, we were preparing one of our trips to visit a bunch of donors all over the place. We were going all the way out, driving all the, eventually reaching Oregon. And so on the way, we stopped at a man's house. We knew that um, he was heavily involved in missions, but I really didn't know his background very much. He was a, he's a widower, who uh, lives near here, near to fate. and. Um, we spent the night at his house as Kim took the kids upstairs to get ready, them ready for bed because they were five and three at the time. Mm-hmm. I was doing this light civil thing and, and chatting with him. And so I asked him, what do you do? And he said, well, my day job is um, renovating houses, but my real passion is making disciples. And I said, huh, tell me more. And And that was on the outset of a series of conversations um, and things that came up over that very difficult furlough where God shifted us from what we were previously doing to what we are doing now. Mm. And it was hard. I would not have planned it the way that it happened. But looking back from uh, on this last term, these last four years, I wouldn't have. Credit it for anything in the world, being able to see what God's doing now and what He's doing in our family. So, um, yeah, I mean, hard times come. And if we can persevere, God's going to do something big. And I believe that for this season as well.
0: Yeah, yes. Thank you so much for sharing that just story about God's provision to your family, to you guys, um, and how he's continued to shape your ministry and you guys are allowing him to lead you and you are um, you obey his command to go and um, i'm sure that's really difficult to be honest like maybe it sounds easy or you make it seem easy but um that sounds really difficult yeah so um dollars and cents you guys Can you talk about how many dollars you are short monthly right now in your financial support? And then I'd like you to give us an idea of how that shortage impacts either your family or your ministry. For example, um, you're short and so you need to spend it, like you're spending from your own retirement to be able to cover these things in your ministry, or you aren't able to, I don't do the things that you would like to do as a family or it's affecting you in this way every day. Could you give us an idea of what that is?
2: Yeah. I mean, we have definitely been blessed over the years that God has provided for all of our needs, but that doesn't mean that each and every furlough, we haven't had a need to um, find more partners um, or have the opportunity for more partners to join us uh, Mm -hmm. because cost of living goes up and, people shift their ministry focus or their their support to others or we do have a number of elderly supporters that pass away um and so we do have a need and so right now we just talked with our finance director at cmf and our goal for this furlough time is to raise about one thousand three hundred and fifty dollars a month in additional support Um, Some of the things I think that would impact our ministry if we weren't able to raise those things is that we may not be able for me to go back to teaching Mm -hmm. because a big portion of that is school fees as the school fees for the kids continue to increase. In Kenya, they have um, national schools, but they aren't a good standard. And so most people send their kids to private schools. And as anybody knows, private schools, have high fees. And if we aren't able to cover those fees, then it would probably be a necessity for me to homeschool instead of being able to go and teach at the school and for the kids to be able to go. So that's one way that our ministry would be impacted, that I wouldn't be able to continue in this teaching that God's opened the door for me to do. Um,
1: And also, if that were the case, if you were homeschooling them, uh, that would put greater demands on your time to the point where I would have to a return to uh, doing more of the administrative work as I did many years ago which would limit my ability to go out and train as I am. Right,
2: mm-hmm. right. Um, and so we, yeah, so we are looking for that additional need at this time financially. That's a huge impact
0: to, and it's not um, it doesn't seem unreasonable. You said, you mentioned last time you were trying to support raise like $3,000. Is that correct? On your last furlough. And so 15 people give a hundred bucks a month. Yeah, That's it. Like that's 15 people. <laughs> so you guys listening, that is 15 of you willing to give um, just a small amount to be able to enable the clefts to do the ministry that they've been called to as a whole family, as a team, Um, both Joe and Kim and their kids being a part of um, vocational ministry in Kenya. Uh, So if someone were to join your team, what's one thing that you would want them to know?
1: Uh, Well, I would want them to know that our team does have a mission statement, and we try to abide by that and so our team mission statement is that we seek to catalyze God's kingdom expansion in Kenya and beyond and uh, what that specifically means is is that when when we say kingdom expansion that lost people become found that lost people become saved and so um, you know some people are not really motivated by that if they're not that's fine they're welcome to join another team but if if they are motivated by that, then, then talk to us. Yeah.
0: And it could even be from, you said, from Kenya and beyond. It could be Kenya yeah. and Dubai and beyond. I mean, who knows, yeah. right? It's the sky's the limit.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
3: Yeah. I mean, we, have a,
1: <laughs> we have a teammate working up in the west, northwestern part of Kenya. And, you know, it would be reasonable to expect in the next year or two for him to be jumping over into Uganda or even South Sudan, just because of the way things are are growing up there. Mm -hmm.
0: Wonderful. And if you could talk to um, every brand new team member or someone who's already on your team, if you could meet with them face-to-face right now, which it's really limited, but if you could, what would you want to say to
1: them? Um, I would ask them how their prayer life is. Um, And not in any accusatory way. I'm just curious to know. And we, we are blessed on our team, uh, there are are three of us right now who actually do pray for one another during our prayer and fasting times. Um, And then beyond that, as a whole team, uh, we constantly, we have one of our teammates who uh, sets up prayer requests on social media and so within our team. And so it's, you know, a constant uh, intercession before the throne Um, and we see God move, you know? It's amazing. I mean, when God's people pray, God does stuff that we that we uh, are surprised by, but we shouldn't be because he's so good. So that's it. I would say, how's your prayer life?
0: And if they say, it's terrible, what would you say? <laughs> Come
1: on, Lord. <laughs> Welcome to reality. Tell me about it and let's see how we can help. Yeah, it's... Uh, I. <laughs> Um, One of my favorite little writings on prayer was done by Thomas Merton, the Catholic mystic from the mid-20th century. Uh, He wrote in a a chapter in a book called The New Seeds of Contemplation, and this chapter was specifically on distractions in prayer. Mm. And yeah, I mean, this guy is a Trappist monk, and he said, the moment your knees hit the floor and you start praying, all these thoughts just start bombarding you. And I read that, and I thought... Oh, praise God! It's not me alone, you know. <laughs> but it's true. Yeah. When, when we join together in prayer with other people, and and we start to see God move, and then we find out that we can pray more and more.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I was reading a book, and um, the author was also in a talking, uh, writing in a chapter of regarding prayer. And he said that, um, we're competing with goldfish basically on our attention span because our attention span with, when we begin to pray and all these thoughts continue to bombard us, um, said, he said it like compared it to the equivalence of, uh, goldfish attention span Mm -hmm. and that just really stuck with me because I'm like oh shoot is that bad (laughs) oh no because I know that I now I just feel like a goldfish which isn't a great feeling but when I pray and I feel like constantly distracted that's just
2: what I think of and
3: Yeah.
2: yeah yeah but it is it is an encouragement to know that it's I mean God wants us to talk to him in prayer but it is we can take the re- the relief of knowing that it's God who's really going to do the work yep. and he's Amen. the one who's going to, you know, fulfill his good works. Yep. Um, even if our prayers are goldfish. Yes, <laughs> <I know.
3: laughs> which
0: yeah. is pretty pathetic, but you know, what else is new with humans, right? Compared yeah. to God. Yeah. So thank goodness we have the Holy spirit who intercedes for us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Great. Well, um, you guys, how um, did you need to prepare for your ministry in your absence? What's the ministry looking like right now in Kenya? And um, what are you doing other than support raising and um, finding team support right now? What do you have the joy of getting to do?
1: You want yeah. to take the second one, and I'll take. The yeah,
2: first. I mean, oh, yeah. one of the joys. I mean, pretty soon we are going to be going to a debrief and renewal time, and I'm really excited about this just because we, as Joe said, it's been four years and we've seen good fruit and we've seen lots of things, but as everybody knows who's involved in missions, that's involved some team conflict, some team issues, some rough things, some spiritual warfare and different things. Um, So we're able to have this time through an organization in Colorado that we're going to be able to have some debrief and renewal and we're so grateful for that. Um, which comes through our partners, you know, the financial partnership that we have with so many. Um, preparing for the ministry while we are gone, I, it's kind of interesting, and we'll see how it goes, but I'm actually able to continue teaching at West Nairobi while I'm here because the whole world is virtual right now, and so... Uh, I mean, God has allowed that opportunity. They didn't have the means to find another teacher to take my place. I had committed to one year, but the world being as it is. So I will have the opportunity to continue teaching while I'm there. We're not quite sure what that'll all look like, but you know, God does. And so we'll trust in him. Uh, But I am grateful that where we'll be able to have that chance yeah Yeah.
0: are you possibly teaching live sessions in the middle of the night here
2: (laughs) (laughs) well i mean it is kind of more towards the online rather than virtual um, just because like you said the time difference i mean it's seven hours right now it'll be eight hours when our time shifts Mm -hmm. back you're in indiana and kenya doesn't change time throughout the year Um, but it'll be more, I will have one-on-one meetings with students um, with different office hours that they'll have to sign up for, and I'll be able to meet with them one-on-one that way, but probably not live teachings at three in the morning. (laughs) Okay, well, that's good. I was going to add that as a specific
0: prayer request at the end of this (laughs) podcast, if that was the case. Yeah. Anything that you wanted to add, Joe, about your missions in your absence?
1: Oh, yeah, it's, um, I mean, I had a fantastic plan for the six (laughs) for six months of this year I bet you did too Mm -hmm. and sure enough uh, you know like it's it's the old Jewish proverb that man plans and God laughs Mm -hmm. Um, but I was just on a call with uh, one of my partners in Kenya um, uh, earlier today just a couple hours ago and we were chatting and he's he's He was telling me that you know they're continuing some of the training but just locally at their own church because they can't really travel now so that was really encouraging to me that they're still continuing to do that Mm -hmm. my hope is that as the church focuses during this kind of lockdown season on prayer at least in Kenya that um, when things do open up then the people will be ready to move with God and, and do some amazing things. Now, having said that there, they are struggling, uh, economically. Uh, this is pretty harsh. Uh, I was talking with another, both the guy I talked to today and then another one of my partners that I talked to last week and, and they, they're having a hard time because all of the markets are closed. You know, these are subsistence farmers who cannot sell their produce, yeah. cannot sell their livestock. Um, and a lot of the family members and their extended families who had jobs no longer have those jobs, so they can't help out. So it's it's a really a tough time, uh, but their faith remains strong, and, and I know God's going to do something. I know he is.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: That's encouraging, and thank you for saying that. That's something that... Um, would prompt me to pray. If I was listening to this podcast and not interviewing you right now, I would probably pause it. So I'd encourage our listeners to just pause and pray for um, your community and your ministry there.
1: Thank you.
0: So um, I do have one more question. Are your kids joining you on your renewal trip?
2: Yes, I didn't mention that. I mean, like that's one of the big reasons why I'm grateful though too, is because as third culture kids, they have a program specifically designed for the kids and being well, 10 and eight, you know, that's a that's an age where you're starting to realize what's going on, that you're moving in between cultures and that things are different and you're different and all of that. Um, so they will be able to come, but we'll kind of have separate programs for ourselves. It would wonderful. also be nice to have a little one-on-one time, but <laughs> that's a little bit more difficult to get these days with uh, with COVID restrictions. But, I know. Yeah, people
0: can't easily just say, "I'll take your kids for the weekend," right?
2: <laughs> Even grandma and grandpa, you know, because they're in all of those high-risk categories. But mm-hmm. God is yeah. good. Yeah. Good.
1: We have great kids, so we're blessed that way. That's with. true. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. So,
0: well, I'm glad you guys have that time, and I hope that it's, um, it is good to your souls and yes. um, renewing for you.
3: Thank
0: you. Yeah. Um, I've really enjoyed ta- talking with you guys today. Is there anything that you would like to leave our listeners with? Um, any final thoughts or a question that I didn't ask that you would like to um, leave our listeners with?
2: I don't know that there's anything that, um, a question or anything, but I mean, we are truly grateful to be a part of the faith community. I mean, beyond any other partner church that we have, I mean, faith goes above and beyond in caring for their missionaries and partnering with them, both in care teams and finances. And um, it is a wonderful, special community that really I think strives to know what missions is about what the challenges what the joys what the blessings and all of those things are in this this life that we have and we just want to say again how grateful we are to be a part of this family it is amazing and we are thankful
1: yeah, we're blessed
0: Faith Church, thanks so much for listening and taking time out of your busy day to listen to my interview with the Cluffs. I hope that you'd prayerfully consider partnering with them in their ministry. If you have questions for the Cluffs or about missions in general at Faith Church, you can email them to missions at faithliveitout.org. If you have questions regarding go-time events or other things going on around our conference and other ways to get involved, you can visit our homepage, faithchurchindy.com, or our go time page faithchurchindy.com slash go time.